Hey everybody, I'm back. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Oh, Dell Shores, it's been a week since you were here. Do you have things to say? Did you miss me, Emerson? Did I you? did just terribly. You know, and I was I was such a good uh Dell and Emerson show uh participant. I watched you and Blake show and I just loved it. I Absolutely loved it. It was such a good show. I thought, well, I could go away more often. <laughs> we had fun and Diedrich was great. And then yeah, we took Diedrich Friday off and y'all, all of our viewers, I can tell you actually watch because I got a bunch of messages asking where the show was. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, good, 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 good. Well, oh, on Friday, because we weren't here on Friday. <laughs> yes. Where'd you go? Uh, where'd you go? You went to Palm Springs, right? No, I mean right now. I was talking, and then you and you and you, you did I that. Was, I was fiddling with to make sure I had everything in balance. You know, it takes some effort here, Emerson. It's uh -huh. like no, we don't have we don't have all these technicians around us. We have to do our own lighting, our own backdrop, and but it's uh, like I do that to Blake, where he finishes a sentence, and it's like three seconds of like uh huh, while your brain processes the rest of it and goes. Oh, well, yeah, on Friday. It's like, oh, and we're back. <laughs> I thought, where'd I go? I, I uh -huh. was working, and you were, you were leisuring, so you had a good time, huh? Yes. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. We're glad to be here, whether you're watching on Facebook, on Twitter, on Periscope, or on YouTube. Share the broadcast. Please invite your friends to join us if you have questions or comments. Uh, Weigh in, and we'll address them if we like them. But we have, but big news, big, big news. news. You know, I have to say, Emerson, I started out. I started out on the. What's the news? That Kamala Harris is the VP. Uh, she's going to yeah. be the VP. Yeah, she is going to be the VP. Yep. What do y'all think about that? Yeah. What do you think? I know there's some dissension, and you know, there's always going to be dissension, and. People like she did this, she didn't this, she didn't do this. She da, da, da. okay, she is our nominee. I'm behind her. I'm behind this ticket, and uh, we gotta get the motherfucker out of the White House. Yes, they uh, to me, it's like yay, but also like this was always the choice. To me, it, it this seemed was like always it. the choice. It, it seemed like it, but then they went through a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of the word machinations comes to yeah. mind. Yeah, just like, well, oh, is it going to be Stacey Abrams? Is it going to be Val Demings? And, you know, and, you know, like, like you, I'm a news junkie, so I follow all that. Even I mean, you and I were talking about it earlier today. We were looking over the lineup at the Democratic Convention. You go, oh, my God. You know, she's, she's set to speak. So that means she's not going to be in that Wednesday time slot. And. Well, they fooled us. Yeah. They the part that's very exciting to me is the idea of her and Mike Pence debating each other so she can mop the floor with that sad bag of bigotry. She is going to slap the shit out of him. I cannot wait. That's the one thing I love about her. And I loved about it. I mean, you can say what you want during the Kavanaugh hearings. She can speak. And she, she I mean, it's that defense attorney. She is wham. Goes yeah. right in there. And if you look at, you know, for the most part, historically, for our show, she's been great on LGBT issues. She was out at the front on marriage equality. She performed the first wedding. She advocated for Gavin Grimm with the Supreme Court. She's been active on the Equality Act in Congress. The one thing that is a big issue for some trans people is when she was attorney general, 
fighting against gender confirmation surgeries uh, for trans patients. I think her record since then demonstrates a lot of allyship, but that is a big sticking point um, for trans people. The other piece, and here's what I want to say. I think they do need to address some of this stuff because she's a more center choice in some ways. They need to be really active on courting progressives as they go forward. You know, we're in the middle of this anti-racist movement, the response to George Floyd, and we're talking about defunding police departments and redirecting and really redirecting resources to community uh, solutions. And there's a lot of people who are really bothered by her sort of top cop status in California. And I just think they need to be really active in how they respond to that. You know, put out strong policing reforms, bring progressives in, because we do all need to be on board, but we can't just ignore people's objections and say, you have to vote no matter what. You know, if we wanna be a cohesive party, really address those concerns. And I'm excited to see them speak to that so that everybody can feel good about this choice. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And never and, and let's face it, Emerson, I mean, everybody's not gonna feel good about it. And they're gonna, they're gonna vote uh, begrudgingly. Uh, and and some, of them, uh, some of them will perhaps not vote, but I think that we, we must all do our diligent duty and we have to drive people. I mean, literally, I will drive people with a mask on and with alcohol and gloves to get people to the polls. So uh, we, we- You know, and we can still push them on policy while we encourage people to vote. You know, it's like they, they, they're, they are not mutually exclusive conversation towards moving towards the result we want. See some of these thoughts. Douglas said, I don't think mother will allow him, Pence, to debate a woman alone. Oh, oh, she'll be half to, she'll be there. Um, Michael well, said, I would love Harris to debate Trump. They'll have to pick him off the floor. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And Well, what does Jigs say? Now that uh, she's been announced, I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off my chest. Yes. Yeah. I, did you, I hope that they'll announce cabinet positions you know like just announce like the big team you know all the people that are going to be and elizabeth warren sex state you know pete Buttigieg. he just it seemed like he just met with him like get stacy abrams get amy Klobuchar, whoever like see we're going to look at all these smart qualified people that we were debating each other on a stage and we're all going to make this country better what together can bernie do? what can bernie do so those bernie people will Come over. Uh, well, they really do have to speak to progressive issues. There's lots of progressives who don't consider themselves like Democrat Democrats, um, and they have time, and they should. I have to say, it was such big news, and uh, I'm going to uh, d- to disclose I haven't seen Emerson for a very long time. So today we set up this social distance thing because we had a big meeting that we had to, uh, to 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 brainstorm about. So I'm at this long table that I have right here. I'm at one end and he's at the other and we're keeping our distance. And and um, and all of a sudden I get a text from my daughter, Rebecca. He said, and it was the, it was uh, copied the mic, uh, not the mic, it's all kind of, what am I saying? The uh, Joe Biden's tweet. And I just like, he was in the middle of a really important uh, point and I just stopped him. <laughs> And I'm like, come on, Harris, it's, it's the VP choice. So anyway, it was exciting. And we watched a lot of the, the news. And here we are. So Matt, got lots more to watch as it goes. Um, And in the other extremely important things happening this week, you know, the number one song in the country right now 
is a is a nuanced ode to feminism entitled Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B and Meg the Stallion. And I may told Dell to watch the video. I did. So we can discuss. You know what I like about the title? That if you change the emphasis, it's very LGBT affirming as well. Wet ass pussy. Wet ass pussy. Uh, it's, uh, pussy. Yeah, I really, I went and I even, I, after I watched the video, I went and I read the words. I just read it as a poem. Uh, and I just like, yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got. For this wet ass, wet ass pussy. Oh, it's it's uh, deep. It's like a. Lattice. You know who else did that yesterday? Ben Shapiro. That bless his heart. Absurd person. Oh, he read the lyrics as well, but every time he got to pussy, he said p word. So he sounded like that fourth grader giving a report in the class. That wet ass p word. That wet ass p word. He did it more like a, that wet ass p word. He, he went on to later say that his wife is a doctor and she said if your pussy is that wet that you might have a condition. Um, well, I particularly enjoyed those. So Charlemagne the God made a joke on uh, Instagram. He said if, about the line where she says, if he ate my ass, he's a bottom feeder, which I particularly enjoyed that wordplay. I personally think bottom feeder is a derogatory term and shaming slur for team eat the booty gang. Research shows this term will create an environment for ass eaters to be bullied and harassed. Am I alone in feeling like this? Let's discuss. <laughs> Cardi responded very sensitively and said, me and Megan would like to give a public apology to all ass eaters. We didn't want to offend any ass eaters around the world, especially offending y'all by calling you a derogatory word such as bottom feeder. This has been a tough lesson and we will never do it again. I just thoroughly enjoyed everybody having good conversations about analingus. Yes, and I think important. It, and we know our demographic, so you know I don't want y'all to feel any shame. Do not right. feel shame if you are a bottom feeder. I am proud. Say, honey, I have always said if I don't want to eat it, I don't want to fuck it. <laughs> In the words of Jiggs Burgess. Maya Angelou, move over. Move over, Maya. I think I, I think Emerson. I think you need that on a T-shirt. I would. I, I would like to wear that to Trader Joe's. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Oh, Coming new. That just cracked me up. Well, we took a show off, and on the show with Blake, I forgot to tell people to donate. So we've been missing those tips. I got to find ways to make money. Oh <laughs> yes, we got to T-shirts. T-shirts. That's right. Well, y'all, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and obviously the nonsense. Thank you for being here. Uh, do share the broadcast. Do weigh in as I get on into the news. Um, I want to share. I got a bunch of pictures today. You know, we missed and I'm, I'm all excited uh, to give you some visuals. So we talked a lot about Poland and as reelected virulent homophobe President Duda was sworn in last week, Members of the opposing political party made a visual statement coordinating the color of their clothes to create a rainbow flag in the National Assembly. Um, I love the visual protest of that. Many LGBTQ people in Poland are fleeing for other places in the European Union. But for those that are staying, a really significant protest happened this weekend that some are calling Poland Stonewall. 
Nearly 50 people were arrested following the arrest of a trans activist known as Margot on Friday. Their uh, LGBTQ rights group there, KPH, said the police were aggressively pushing protesters out of the way, knocking people to the ground, holding them down with their boots. A warrant was issued for her arrest on charges related to vandalism of a van that had been blaring homophobic messages. She is accused of slashing the van's tires and assaulting the driver. Now, she waited at the KPH headquarters to be taken into custody. The police declined to arrest her there. Instead, they allowed her to march with this group of demonstrators to a statue, then barreled in arresting her along with the other protesters. So the protesters continued throughout the weekend, and there were protests in several other cities. So there's a big reaction happening there right now to the re-election of this homophobe um, and really fearful for their life. And so really keeping an eye on what is happening there in Poland and how they're really responding strongly in response to his re-election. But I, I mean, international news like this, how important is this for this word to get out, for us to be talking about it and us to be supporting them? So um, also in, uh, in international news, we've seen all the terrible tragedy from the explosion in Beirut that killed at least 200 and left thousands injured. While the explosion was catastrophic for everyone in Beirut, the LGBT uh, plus community has been suffering a unique impact. Two of the city queer hub were only 500 meters away from the center of the blast, leaving them completely destroyed and uninhabitable. Uh, Daniel Nasser, a queer Lebanese uh, expert, said, uh, expat, said, most of our spaces are gone. Many of our friends who are performers who are living in these housing it's all been destroyed. The LGBT community has been one of the hardest hit, specifically trans women in our community. He lives abroad and he and his friends decided to help and they created uh, Rebuilding Beirut with Pride, an evening of art, live performances and drag showcasing Arab and queer talent and demonstrating their love for Beirut, its people and its reconstruction. The event will take place on uh, August the 22nd and it will be streamed live online. Organizers will split the funds with uh, the uh, rebuilding Beirut with pride between uh, Lebanese Red Cross and uh, Bet, I, I'm not sure how to, well, I'm gonna say this right, Bet Al Baraka, which provides food banks for victims of the disaster, uh, Basma and, oh God, why did you give me this? <laughs> you help me, help me, Zedoe, which provides relief for those who have been made homeless. and embrace lebanon which offers mental health support such an important thing even though i can't pronounce anything donate to their gofundme and uh i think you have the, the gofundme there so um yeah i just put the link in the chat room and it, for those watching back later uh, the link is in the scroll below and obviously there's lots of organizations working to support various communities in beirut but i was not aware until this that specifically lgbtq neighborhoods were very close to the blast so these expat um Lebanese people wanting to help. If you want to help specifically our community there, this is a great uh, way to do that. I, was, I have to say, I, I, I was, for some reason, I was on Twitter the moment that happened and I saw that explosion and, you know, a million things go through your mind, but that you, can you imagine, can you imagine if that were to happen around you? So, um, no. you know, big, big empathy, sympathy. Uh, yes, that. absolutely. Um, all right. And then as we move on, uh, we had some huge successes uh, for LGBTQ candidates 
as we are rolling along beyond, you know, the Kamala Harris news. Uh, Mark Elias, a gay man, appears to have advanced to the general election for lieutenant governor in Washington state. Trans woman Stephanie Byers was unopposed in her primary for state rep in Kansas and is likely to become the state's first trans legislator. And gay man John Hoadley won a U.S. House nomination in Michigan and if elected in November will be the first out member of that state's congressional delegation. So they are all Democrats. So paying attention, you know, the big three funds supporting a lot of candidates, but watching where our representation is doing well. So keep an eye on them as we head for the general. It's exciting and, to be able to celebrate at the state levels. And also, Anderson, uh, yesterday I did a benefit, uh, a Zoom benefit for uh, Judge Lucy Inman, uh, who's uh, running for North Carolina Supreme Court. And it was, if you just Google her and you will find her website. She is such an ally for our community and we need her. And I love that she says, I'm going to keep respect for the LGBTQ community. And her opponent is just this awful man who equates, you know, gay marriage with, you know, marrying a dog. So absolutely. Um, and before we move on, John said, it's so strange that I have dear friends in Lebanon and Poland. It's like mm -hmm. someone investigated my life and attacked people I'm connected with. Yeah. You know, it's like we share these to remember, you know, we have our own struggles here, but all of our communities around the world are facing different uh, struggles and where we can support them, we want to be able to. And a, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, Dr. Joseph Costa, uh, the frontline ER doctor who died of COVID-19 in his husband's arms, surrounded by friends and colleagues. Well, now his husband is responding to Trump's cavalier, it is what it is comment that uh, about coronavirus uh, deaths uh, in the Axios interview, he was uh, being interviewed by Anderson Cooper, uh, the husband was, and he said, can you imagine if my husband Joe walked into a room of COVID patients and said, oh, it is what it is, and just shoved their beds in the corner and walked out. I still can't process that. It is what it is. It is unbelievable. I mean, I want to say to the president, get off your asses, drive 20 blocks and spend 15 minutes in an ICU with a COVID patient who is dying. Do that. He went on to say, knowing he had already contracted the virus with his husband. This makes me so emotional. He said, at the time he was dying, I was just not going to be able to touch him with my bare hands with my cheek. So I took everything off. I just took it off. I know I wasn't supposed to do that. But at that point, it was what I wanted to do for him to help support him and to comfort him. Yeah. It was so heartbreaking to watch. You know, it's it's like that thing that we've talked about even related to all of our coming outs, right? It's like, you shouldn't need to know somebody who's losing some people, who lost someone to this pandemic to care about it. And that terrible Axios interview, that's the one where he had all the papers, where he's like, no, we're last, which means first, like he's presenting a middle school lot book report. Like, I just know what this piece of paper says, like not following the questions at all. It's so disgusting. I mean, it was just such a disgusting interview. Um, I mean, of course, and then since then we had the Yosemite moment where he literally doesn't know the name of a park. We have Thailand. Like he doesn't know what words mean when he reads them. Well, I, I sometimes do that on this show, but I... <laughs> But well, I do, lack of preparation. Yosemite, I, I don't, I'm not completely uh, ignorant. So, um, all right. Um, and then, and we cut it from the beginning, but, and also, and then Mount Rushmore. Oh, can we please? And then standing there, like, yeah, we want that, that. 
He asked seriously about getting himself put on Mount Rushmore. And then, he and then, he, then he lied and said he did not ask for that. Well, of course, of course. But, and then she pandered to him and made him what, a four foot model? Like y'all, I'm all for pandering to stupid people sometimes because you need something, but like, what are they gonna do? Get out there with some sandpaper and be like, no, really, we're working on it. We're gonna get you up there real quick. Babe, could you just scoot over just a little bit? Just a little bit. We're gonna just wedge Donald Trump in the middle of y'all. They put him right at the bottom, like a growth on a chin, you know, or like in the ground level, you know, like a penis or something. I swear, someone would climb up there and chisel him off if he did. If they did, they would. Ann Walker, Walker would drive to Mount Rushmore and chisel him off. Um. I just can't. It's just, just so much. It's like, oh, but did you see that press conference too where he got mad at the reporter asking him about the VA and then oh, yeah. when he left, the music that was playing was YMCA? <laughs> YMCA, because it's a little gay. There's so many artists that are that are giving cease and desist. Do not use my music. Yes. Um. All right, well, and then, and rolling on, um, we had a some exciting news uh, out, of, out of the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, for the trans community, the long and winding journey of high school student Drew Adams, who was fighting starting in 2017 just to use the boys' restroom, won a victory as the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a lower ruling in his favor. The judge said a public school may not punish its students for gender nonconformity, Neither may a public school harm transgender students by establishing arbitrary separate rules for their restroom use. The record shows that the school board failed to honor Mr. Adams' right under the 14th Amendment and Title IX. We talked about this when this case came in. Yes. This ruling cited the Supreme Court's recent decision in Bostock v. Clayton, saying Bostock confirmed that workplace discrimination against trans people is contrary to law. Neither should this discrimination be tolerated in schools. So that court case, that win, really is proving to be huge for advancing trans rights in other areas. Drew is now 19, a student at University of Central Florida. He said, I'm very happy to see justice prevail after spending almost my entire high school career fighting for equal treatment. I hope this decision uh, helps save other trans students from having to go through that painful and humiliating experience. And I just wanna show y'all, Drew, he looks great, doing well off at college. Can you imagine this starts in high school, you're off at college dealing with all the things you deal with there and still finally pushing along. I mean, it takes such courage to stick in this fight uh, for the trans students coming up behind him. I, I love it so much. And I really feel like that, that he should just return to that high school and use that bathroom and walk in. I just... That's I hope he gets to do that. I hope he gets to do that thing where you invite back famous alumni, and he gets to go back and give you know speeches about it. Yes. but a thrilling uh, success and that long running story. We were doing that story back on our show the first time around. Yes, we were. We were. So well, good for Drew. They stuck in there, and sometimes it takes a long time to get through the court system. But that's where we have won so many battles uh, in our community. Uh, as, uh, well, you know, um, my favorite evangelist is back in the news. Uh, I know it. Uh, you know, I know it. What's upsetting to me, Emerson? He has blocked me. He has blocked me on Twitter. I cannot go daily and feed off of his 
wonderful statements. It's Jerry Papa Papa Jr. What's that? Yes, Jerry Bobo Jr. Yeah, he's, it's not really LGBTQ news, but you know, he's a bigot and I hate him. So we are celebrating this. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. posted a very, very strange Instagram photo. Do you have it, Emerson? Yes, uh, he, I will. Okay, so he's beside a woman, not his wife, on a yacht with his fly unzipped and his underpants wide open and just awful underwear, by the way. Uh, the woman whose her uh, pants also unzipped is reportedly a, a Liberty University employee and his wife's pregnant assistant. The caption said, more vacation shots, lots of good friends visit us on the yacht. I promise that's just black water in my glass. Uh-huh. It was a prop. It was a prop only. Well, an uproar has ensued. The photo was deleted shortly later. And Jerry Falwell uh, Jr. apologized, saying it was just a costume party and in good fun. Uh, now he is taking an, an indefinite leave of absence as president of Liberty University at the request of the executive community of the board of trustees. And Liberty Code of Conduct requires modest stress and forbids alcohol consumption. Uh, this was announced shortly after Republican Congressman uh, Mark Walter of North Carolina, former Baptist minister who had taught at Liberty, said Falwell Jr. should step down because of the picture and generally appalling pattern of behavior, including other racy photos that reportedly tied him to Trump. Uh, Michael Cohen said he helped keep a bunch of photographs, personal photographs of Falwell and his wife from becoming public in a tape conversation obtained by Reuters in 2019. Uh, it says that you said he has not responded, but he has actually responded now. He went on some bullshit radio show, not ours. And he said that he was just trying to make her feel good because he gained a little weight and he couldn't fit into those pants and she was pregnant. And he was just, it was just a funny little visual thing. And it was harmless. That's the dumbest lie. That is, that is, that's what it's he said. Because what's funny to me about this story is if he wasn't such a raging bigot and raging hypocrite, people taking this photo seriously would be the ones that should be laughed at. Because it is clear, you look at, they were having this trailer trash party while on vacation on a yacht, you know, and it's like, of course, his wife's assistant is their friend and they're all being dumb. If you're not a bigot and you're not a hypocrite judging other people for their behavior all the time, he could have just said, Lighten up a little. We were just being silly. But instead, he's got to make up some story about like she wasn't feeling good about her weight because of her pregnancy. So yeah. I was putting my belly out too. Don't you love that I, I dug a little deeper on that story? Uh -huh. That's awesome. I do. I do. You know, you could skip the he didn't respond part and just add the responded. <laughs> I could have. I should have just, I should have transcribed that response and performed it as a monologue. Uh, you're absolutely right. You said he didn't respond, but he has. Uh huh. Well, at five o'clock yesterday, when I assembled this entire outline, yeah. there wasn't yet a response. Well, oh, I see what you're saying. I, I just, uh, no, he, he's responded now. He's uh -huh. responded.
The, uh, I do, but yes, I put that in just for you. It's not particularly gay, y'all, but he's trashed our community so much that we know, hope that you enjoy laughing at him well, as much. Know, I mean, it was that whole thing about the pool boy that he and his wife took the, this pool boy on all these trips and they bought real estate with, and set him up in a, a, a business. So well, I so, want to know what those photos are Michael Cohen allegedly has. Maybe he's into some cook fantasy. They're, they're supposedly, I've done, I've done, I've dug, I've dug on this. They had a trainer. They they turned this building or something on. Yes, yeah, so they made the manager of the building. And they, they, and then they sold it to this trainer for his gym for like nickels of uh, on what it was worth. And supposedly there's some uh, hot pictures of possibly the wife and the trainer in him. So, well, I'm going to pretend that he's he's a cook, you know, uh, like seeing other men with his woman. Oh, allegedly. who knows? Who knows? But um, he's, all right, well, he lost his job for a while. Uh, yes, that being the exciting point. Um, I didn't do it on the show with Blake enough and we didn't do the show on Friday. But for our regulars, for those of you first time watchers, we do this for free. We do it to share news stories you might not have heard that specifically affect our community and to laugh and gather together. But if you're sitting at home and you're not worried about are, is the pandemic unemployment assistance going to continue and you have some extra dollars and you want to throw us a few or 20 or 50 or thousands, you can Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker below. No obligation, but y'all, it is greatly appreciated when you do and when you can. It is everything that you do to support us is. I, I know that, you know, I had a really good merch week last week and it's so helpful, you know, and and I, have, I, I can't announce it right now, but there's a big news coming. Something is coming back and uh, we'll we'll announce it on next show, uh, the next show. But uh, so anyway, yeah, we, we, we appreciate y'all whenever you 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 know, go to our things and support our shit. And as we transition on, Robert said, Pat Robertson has a moist pussy. Oh, oh, and speaking uh -oh. of pussies, I want to do a, a plug. I uh, I did, the, the if you don't see, it's on my Facebook page. Um, I wore this shirt the other day, Do You See My Pussy Now?, which is the most quoted line I've ever written, which I don't know what that means. Uh, and the T-shirt is available one more time. So... It, yeah. It, yeah. So if you want to, if you're brave enough to wear that in public, it's also the most misquoted. People say can. It's due. All right. Next. Is it uh, me? No, it's me. I was just letting you finish your commercials. <laughs> on, the, on this past week's episode of Canada's Drag Race, a very cringeworthy critique happened. Uh, the challenge for the runway was Canadian tuxedo, denim on denim on denim. I realize a lot of people can't watch Canada's Drag Race because it's only on WOW Presents Plus, but I want to talk about it anyway. Uh, and uh, for her look, Alona Verley, one of the queens, chose to wear an all-denim look that had chaps. When she came down the runway and turned, her ass was out in her well-tailored piece. Ass out on Drag Race is not a new thing. In the critiques, the judges zeroed in on it, and Jeffrey Bauer Chapman said, I think that your mug is painted so gorgeously However, when I see that booty and a little turnaround, a little full coverage foundation may have helped you out. Later in the judge's discussion, Brooklyn Heights said she definitely should have put some makeup on that ass. Now for the viewer and watching, there was nothing to see and many assumed they were body shaming her size or cellulite. 
Brooklyn did make a video saying it wasn't either of those things, but they could see red bumps from shaving that she said all queens get. For her part, Ilona Burley on Twitter said, thank you all so much for all the love. You've been so kind and supportive. I love you all so much. To be complete, completely honest, I really didn't care about the comments made by Brooklyn and Jeffrey. While you, the fans, are going to have your opinions, please know, like me, they are people with feelings too. She did say it wasn't the shade. He was going off razor burn, which she didn't have. It was just the reflection of glitter that uh, Priyanka helped put on her butt. She said, he is rude, but he's also human, and I don't support hate, but I think he could use a lesson in tone and delivery for sure. Oh. Um, did you you watch the clip, yes? Yes. yes. Good. You well, I, I, I think that... Um, I, I I love how she came back. How I, I love how her 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 response to it all. Yeah, I did feel rude, didn't it? I, when I watched the episode, my hands went to my face. Like, what? I went like this. Yeah. I am of the thought you are in a competition to be judged. I didn't think it was fat shaming. I didn't think it was body shaming. I just thought it was so like cut and dry that I was like. I, I think it's a real critique. You can say your skin tone's uneven or whatever, and certainly asses are out a good bit. It's not that saying something about it is bad. It's just if you're going to talk about somebody's body that's not the makeup face for a drag queen, I think you should know. This is going to hit hard, and I need to be really careful how I say it. And he dropped it like a lead balloon where I was like, I've never seen it anything like that on uh th that i can recall that was that can you think of something on i mean michelle has said lots of like really critical things it's just i do think you know that's not an area of your body that there's a lot of opportunity to comment on and i just feel like be a little careful people have been very critical of jeffrey through the season anyway for several other what's been perceived as uh, unnecessarily harsh comments so they're sensitive to it but it, it, right, yeah. the Simon Cowell. Yeah, okay. it's it's definitely like going for that role. But and I will say, but it's a good conversation to have. You know, she isn't the 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 tw typical Twinkie uh, queen. She's not a big girl by really any stretch. Um, but I think it's worth being aware of how we talk about bodies when they aren't Western European standards. Now she is taking advantage of it, and she's making merch. She said preview of my merch, my ass merch shoot. Wow, that's the next day and get the design right. T-shirts and hoodies. So he gave her a good opportunity uh, to make a moment out of it. And I say, good for you, Alona. I, I feel um, that it was only good for her. That's all. That's Ed, Ed said, I need a wet weed whacker and a spackle on my ass. <laughs> Don't look at me, Ed. Don't look at Don't. me. I I had Leslie Jordan's back for a whole year when we were doing Sorted Lives, the play. I mean, I would literally go over on Sundays to the pool with it and shave that back. I do remember being like 13 or 14 and having like butthole hair for the first time and just being so like, what is this? And getting one of those like original, like 99 cent, you know, Bic razors, the shitty plastic ones that no one should use ever. And like trying to stand on the sink and look at my butt in the mirror and just going, oh, I don't think this is going to work. Have I did not go through with it, but I considered it for a minute because I was confused. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. 
Do y'all notice that Emerson is feeling better? <laughs> yes, if anyone was concerned uh, on my mental health journey, real serious for a second, I am feeling better. This weekend, for the first time in sort of almost two months, I can feel my emotional stores refilling themselves. And it's clearly impacting my lack of sensor in oversharing. Oh, I love it. I love it so much, Emerson. And I'm just noticing that this new orchid of mine kind of looks like I have like a Carmen Miranda orchid out or something. All right. Well, let's move on before we lose the rails completely because we were doing good on time. We were. Oh, yes, we were. We were We were ahead. Okay. So, uh, well, Saturday afternoon, a Twitter uh, user tweeted Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who's a badass. I love her. A packed photo of gays gathered, uh, ignoring social distancing and said, hey, Lori, sorry to bother you. I know the boys in blue are super busy over policing the South and West sides, but if you could find some free time and you get this mess on the North side on Montrose beach, uh, a little over an hour later, uh, Lightfoot responded addressing the situation with a photo and said, it's called a pandemic people. This reckless behavior on Montrose uh, beach is what we cause will cause us to shut down the parks and lakefront. Don't make a step backwards. She followed that up with, uh, in case you're wondering, I stopped by to see myself. It's being addressed. Shortly after shutting down the beach party, Lightfoot ordered fencing to be put up around the area. And last week, health officials in Chicago said social gatherings like Saturday's beach party were the leading cause of coronaviruses in the city. Coronavirus cases. It was so funny. They, they reported this all over uh, CNN and MSNBC, but they never, and I was going, God, that's a lot of hot guys at one place, but they never said it was a gay gathering ever. They just said, well, you know, maybe they don't want to make assumptions without asking people, but y'all look at this photo. There's an I'm awful lot of speedos and very few women. Uh, so I think we're safe to assume. Yeah, there was another. One other... Go ahead. What? I'm sorry. I said I there was another say photo one other... that they actually showed more than even this one on the news that was even a little closer. Uh-huh. So I want to say one other thing while you look at this photo is this a lot of white homosexuals. And the reason I say that is you know when we talk about stuff in our community and the challenges that like people of color face in our community and the frustrations they have with white gays controlling a lot of things and being involved in a lot of things when you look around and you look at Fire Island and you know the various places we've seen gatherings of particularly gays not adhering to social distancing, y'all, it's a lot of white homosexuals. And that speaks to how white gay men in our community can live under the same privilege that straight white men exist in the wider culture, thinking the rules don't apply to me. I get to do what I want. The way I've been socialized is that I want to do what I want to do. I mean, it's really noticeable when it's like just white gay men, not lesbians, Very not black guys, you know, and holding our part of our community when your dumb white gay friends are like, no, it's fine. Like if just the 15 of us go to the beach, it's not a big deal. No, it's too many. Wear your masks. Don't be stupid. Don't let your privilege think you get to do whatever you want. Amen. I uh, agree. Well said. You know. All right. Well, in other news, you know, it's just thinking was be, being accountable, holding ourselves and our friends accountable. Who, if, who else to talk to white gays but us white homosexuals? Once upon a time in my life, I might have been one that's like, if I sneak off to a corner of a beach, you know, no one will know and I just need a break. No, I can be responsible. We can. It's like, 
with disguises on to get the waffle fries, you know. Disguises on. Um, all right. Well, in sports ball, y'all, we haven't done a what's sports ball in forever, but a quick fun thing. Five-time NBA All-Star Damian Lillard wore rainbow-colored shoes during a recent game against the Boston Celtics, showing his allyship with our community. The rainbow sneakers are an official pride style from his Dame Six line for Adidas. He's one of several players wearing league-approved social justice messages on their jerseys, which I love the NBA is approving a variety of messages. His jersey also said how many more, obviously a reference to the ongoing uh, violence, the black communities and the larger anti-racist discussion at the hands of police. There are other messages that are approved, including justice, freedom, Black Lives Matter, and say her name. Um, according to Sports Illustrated, the league made the changes after a number of players told officials that the league needed to do more to combat racism. And I love that. He's an ally, wearing pride shoes, addressing police violence. And that is one hot photo. I mean, that too. I mean, come and on. I, appreciate I, I the view. feel like I need to go buy those tennis shoes. Should I buy yes. them? I bet they're, I bet they're, I bet they're high. They're like $180. That's why I was going to say, ooh, that's high. That's why, did your mother, my mother, oh, Lord, that's high. That is high. We're going to have to wait till they go on schedule. I buy shoes, I buy tennis shoes, and I don't play tennis. I just buy walking shoes. So, all right. Well, um, th this is this is a fun little story, and you must go and on a I'm going to try to play it. So oh, you're going to play it? Yes, good. There's a lot of information out there uh, for uh, folks seeking a youthful glow, uh, from creams to serums to Botox to jade rollers. But Tony Braxton has emerged on Instagram to offer up her personal beauty hack with the best one yet. It's like one of the rollers you see, but different. Tony's caption read, my real beauty secret is, yeah, okay, it's a vibrator, but only I only use it on my face, honest. There are three settings, but I would advise you to not put it on three. Here it is. Can you play that? This thing right here, okay, it is, let me be honest, it is a vibrator, it is, it is a vibrator, but I call it a, face tingler a face so tingler in my face and get them activated and working i haven't used it on anything else other than my face okay just she FYI. did need to say I that this has got the little ball here which is perfect sometimes i put it in the freezer it's really cold i just kind of rub it and it just activates all those muscles get them together we are working today we are going to be cute today let's see what sam has for me sam there it is i need all my wigs she anyway, too. Well, I wanted to, you know, so if she can do it, I wanted to show y'all. You know, I use this as a watch and a bracelet holder myself. There are other uses. So, um, well, like Tony Braxton, you need to tell us: Have you ever used that for anything else? I have not. I, look at it. Look at it. <laughs> I, Joe Pat Ward gave this to me as a joke. Look at that. No. That's ambitious. Jonathan said. said She's going to unbreak something other than her face with that. Yes, she, ooh, yes. I want to know if maybe she did use it. Like, like if she actually was using it for its intended purpose once and it bounced around the bed and then was like, oh, that, oh, oh, oh. Y'all, oh, yeah. please don't send me a vibrator and tell me it's a face massager. Yeah. Okay. And, and okay. So also, there, this is very real quick. In a recent interview, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber was asked his thoughts on the Cats movie. <laughs> and he said, 
The problem with the film was that uh, director Tom Hooper decided that he didn't want anybody involved in it who was involved in the original show. The whole thing was ridiculous. <laughs> I just love it so much. Andrew Lloyd Webber being catty about cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's right. I mean, Tom Hooper, after Les Mis and Cats, stop letting him direct musicals. I no. love the King's Speech, but like, that is not his gift. Not. Um, all right, this next story, y'all, there's a lot to it. And I spent entirely too many hours yesterday trying to formulate this to share with you, but it's why it shares, there's a lot of nuance and I wanna hear what you all think when I get to the end of it. There's several phases to this story. I actually almost shared a couple of weeks ago. Alex Morse um, is a 31 year old, openly gay, four term democratic mayor of Holyoke, Massachusetts. When he was elected nine years ago, he was the youngest and first gay mayor there. He is currently running for Congress with very progressive goals to unseat a long-serving incumbent, uh, Representative Neal, um, who's considered by many a corporate-backed centrist Democrat. That election is in three weeks. Last Thursday, the College Democrats of Massachusetts sent him a letter uninviting him from future events. Then on Friday, the letter and its contents was leaked to, I believe, the Daily Collegian that spelled out why. The letter said in part, Numerous incidents over the course of several years have shown it's no longer appropriate to encourage interaction between college Democrats and Alex Morse. Their issues included that Morse regularly matched with students on dating apps, including Tinder and Grindr, who were as young as 18. These students included members of several local colleges and college groups in the state. Two, using college Democrats events to meet college students adding them on Instagram, adding them to his close friend's story and DMing them, both of which made young college students uncomfortable and pressure to respond due to his status. They also said, three, having sexual contact with college students, including the UMass Amherst, where he is a lecturer and the grade of five college consortium. They said, he should know as an elected official, a high profile candidate and a lecturer at a large public university he holds a position of power over many young people. Um, many you view him as a role model, which makes it unacceptable for him to routinely make sexual or romantic advances, whether implicitly or explicitly. They said, even if these scenarios are mutually consensual, the pattern of him using his platform to take advantage of his power for romantic or sexual gain, specifically towards students is unacceptable. Then, that was part one. Then many people called for him to drop out of the race. Then he said he would not. He issued a follow-up statement insisting he is not a sexual predator and has done nothing wrong. He, was, he did admit to having consensual adult relationships with students. So far, none of them were his students, but there were students at his university where he's a lecturer, not a professor. Then there was a backlash of others saying the attacks on him were pandering to old harmful stereotypes of gay men as predators or pedophiles and the double standards hypocritical because he's only 31. If this goes over several years, he was in his late 20s matching with college students on apps that are public to everyone. Uh, they put out a statement because it was revealed they had accepted money from his opponent. And some people said maybe that's why they were doing this. Now, court notes, no accusations of direct students, but there were students at his university. He does live in an area where there are 19 colleges in the area. 
the letter, the only specific example they gave was one student who hooked up with him and found out afterward that he was a mayor and a lecturer and felt uncomfortable after the fact. Finally, yesterday, the Victory Fund, which we talked a lot about who supports LGBTQ candidates, said specifically, this letter was released one week before the first debate and three weeks before the primary. It is clear it was timed with political calendar and without enough time for the independent investigation to be completed. They believe Alex is taking responsibility for his actions and they support the investigation despite no complaints ever having been made. They are specifically critical of media and others to avoid reinforcing tired homophobic tropes. Um, he has been open about the fact that he had consensual relationships and they believe the media and voters should review the allegations and determine whether a straight candidate would be held to the same scrutiny. Now, I'm sorry, I know that was a lot and a lot of reading, but I wanted you to hear all the sides. I did also look on Twitter and there are a lot of college students in his area in the colleges nearby talking about it being a sort of very open secret that he does this. So there's a lot of viewpoints to weigh in here. Was that clear? Do you all have thoughts? Why are you talking about this? Please share. Me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I am a guest professor every year now at NSU, Louisiana. And I have I, I am on those apps. And I many times have been hit up, never have hit on any student, but I have gotten a message. I've never done the scruff matching. I feel like that it is my responsibility to go in and be uh, a professor and teach, and I don't want anything I, I to, to taint that and to, to harm uh, my reputation, the university's reputation, or a student feeling that there is something to be gained by hooking up with me. And uh, I, I refuse to engage on any level. So um, I'm a lot older than him, obviously. But, yeah. uh, but mm -hmm. that, I just feel like that if you're gonna take a, a job like that, there are certain things that you need to, to um, that's my personal opinion. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying he uh, is a predator. I'm certainly not saying that. But uh, I, I would not do it. I would not put myself in the position to have this happen to me. Right. I think there's a couple of things. One, I do think talking a lot about the age is pandering to homophobic stereotypes. 31 and 19, like y'all, 10 and 11 years, like you're a grown up, you're at college, you can make your own life choices. Right. I think when people are focusing on the age thing, that feels homophobic stereotype pandering. Yeah. I absolutely think... It's a terribly bad decision. It's not against their school policy for him to date people at the school if they're not his students. But I would say in that situation, both as a mayor and a lecturer, hitting on students at events where you're the guest as a speaker is definitely a bad decision. Yeah. Um, hitting on students at the university where you work, and maybe you don't find that out till you match. I mean, it's not like on Grindr, everybody's like, where are you at school? I think those two were bad decisions for somebody who wants to be in politics because they aren't children, they are adults, but they are kids, they are young adults that wanna work in politics and you're there specifically in your position of authority. And I think that's bad form more than it's predatory based on the invitation, information we have so far. They didn't share any specifics and that's a little bit of a problem. They're doing it to protect the students, which of course they should, 
but with no specifics, as you read the commentary, people are assuming the DMs were really bad or assuming they were like completely innocent and it's likely somewhere between. So it's a little difficult. People's biases are showing in their responses because there's so little information of the specific. I have, I, 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 I want I want to, you know, just in case somebody is watching who could call me a liar, I do want to say I have responded to students when I did a, my one man show and I would have someone uh, DM me and say, I, I saw your show last night and I really loved it, but it, it was never in, uh, and now let's hook up. It was right. never that we never ever went that in, in that direction. And and like the, the same the same policy is that if you're if you're not teaching them, then you know that that you know what I'm saying. It's like yes. John said, I think it's only a problem when a student has felt uncomfortable. Dell, you have the right idea. That's the smart way to handle it. However, there are Eliza Henry Higgins relationships that are okay. Um, Ed said. Being a public figure, I'm sure you'd have to be more careful when it comes to dating app. It's stuff like this that'll bite people in the ass, especially if you're running for a political office. I do think that like being aware that he's been the mayor for so many years, he did also talk about his coming out process and already being a political figure as he's been figuring it out. You know, I'm sure he was on the apps at 24, 25, now you're 31, but there's still always college students on the apps. He has some consideration to take into. Christopher said, I had a professor I was interested in, but didn't make any overtures towards him until after I graduated. Didn't want to risk my education and his career. That was probably the best choice for me. I think that's a wonderful choice. I would, you know, yeah, that that seems acceptable. Douglas, ethics dictate that you don't do anything with even the appearance of unethical behavior. Well, I definitely I think, that, think that's, that's that's the that's what it is, and that's what gets people in trouble is that the, you know they think it's all a big secret and. You know, there's screenshots and there's this and this. I mean, come on, it's it's it, you as as a minor gay celebrity. I have had uh, I, I, I've been recognized on the apps many many times, and it always is is awkward. It'll be interesting to see because like these are current college students, and we're in an era of people screen capping everything. If screen caps come out for supporting this story going forward, I will really quickly. Um, I had an incident sort of like this actually happen in college at Baylor. We had successful alumni back speaking to the university and there was definitely someone who had been out of the university for quite a while who like shared with our workshop and taught, you know, talk stories. And then afterwards we were all hanging out and talking about what we were all going to go hang out with these alumni later. And this definitely older man, I was also not out at the time, said to me, if you were brave, you'd come back to my hotel room. And at the time I said, that's not brave, that's easy. I was fine, Ooh. but I remember thinking in that moment, you work in the world I wanna work in. I remember feeling the pressure of that. I don't feel like that was predatory. Like you hitting on people is hitting on people. He wasn't even working. So I don't mean to imply this person did anything wrong. That's not what I'm saying here. But I do remember feeling the weight of someone I was looking up to in the moment hitting on me. And for these students, it's more direct. He's an actual politician and they are politically minded students. So anyway, thanks for that discussion, y'all. And I wanted to have nuance because online people were just making these blanket statements. I was like, there's a lot of things impacting this conversation. And I think we had a good discussion. Emerson, let's skip the, the Shatner story and I'll do it on Friday and you go to the next one.
Well, do, do that one, that one's better. Oh, is it? Okay, all right. So William Shatner of Star Trek and Miss Congeniality and everything else and all those fucking commercials has spent the last week on social media complaining about the word cisgender. It started with a fan tweeted this, he's almost 90, y'all, actor saying sarcastically, he was an old white man, so you must be a hateful bigot. He then said, well, you forgot cis in this old white cis man needed need to stay current. And then he said, some need labels and categories to separate people in order to harass or debase them. The only time cis is used when referring to me in that way. Do we need these labels in order to communicate? No. So those that use them when describing others are doing it for negative reasons. And uh, people explained that the term is neutral. Shatner responded with screenshots of people discussing cis, white, straight, and male privilege and said, I love though that he was able to do screenshots and said it was proof that the term is a slur and a term of harassment. He said, I'm not asking for help or allies. Nothing I'm saying is hurtful. I'm asking people not to label me as I consider it harassment. Several people think I'm taking away their rights and are arguing it's a bit bizarre, but I'm not going anywhere, nor am I changing my mind. He did attempt to clarify saying, let's be clear, these trolls who need to label, debate and harass are not representative of the entire trans community. I'm sure there is a majority of members of the trans community that would condemn their actions. It's so funny because that last part, I don't think he's like crazy transphobic as a person. No. I think that people get hung up on words like, don't call me cisgender. Y'all, it's just the word that's the opposite of transgender in a conversation. Like this person is trans. I am cis, that's all it does. It doesn't give you an identity. It doesn't, why do you care? It's just descriptive. He thinks it's the first part of sissy or something. He's like, sis, it no, uh-uh, uh -uh. I want that. Like, like y'all, like the point is not othering trans people. So there's two words. It came up with a bi bi biologist. Um, do the mask one, because we have that photo. Okay, all right. The Israeli jewelry company is working on what it will say is the world's most expensive coronavirus mask, 18 karat white gold mask, decorated with 3,600 white and black diamonds and fitted with top rating N99 filters. Designer Isaac Levy said the buyer has two other uh, demands that it will be completed by the end of the year. And it will be the priciest in the world, cost 1.5 million and weigh half a pound. That's when you just have too much money. 1.5 million dollars for that mask. And you know what I hope? I hope somebody steals it. <laughs> and then I hope they sell it and they Venmo us what they get for it. <laughs> if you are an asshole that has a million and a half dollars just to say that you own the most expensive coronavirus mask, I gotta be honest, I do. I hope somebody runs past you, snatches that off your face, and just runs with and it. Then, and, then, and then they're like, oh my God, that is so hysterical. They're, they're like, oh, please don't let there be a vaccine yet, please. Yes, it's like that Victoria's <laughs> Secret. Like that Victoria's Secret million dollar bra they always do every year that's like a novelty piece. But this businessman said, no, what I want to do with my million and a half dollars, I don't want to buy PPE for other people. I don't want to buy masks for the doctors in my town. I want the fucking most expensive mask on the planet. Somebody steal that shit. Find where he lives on the Google Earth, stalk him around the neighborhood, and I'll contribute to your bail fund. I'm kidding. Don't really do that. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not encouraging assault. No, no, don't. 
We have to do this one. I love this story. Can you no, do it? We got one minute left. Okay, we'll do it. Um, oh, look at us. We got back. Did y'all miss us? Yes. Thank y'all. I want to say a, a huge thank you to Allison, Ben, Jonathan, Erica, and Sean for your contributions to your hey. tips. We're making up for those missed shows. Um, I'm putting it in the chat room again. The banner's underneath if you want to tip on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal, Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. And you can find us all over social media like horseshit. And uh, we love doing this for y'all. We love doing it for us. So thank you yeah. very much for, for hanging with us on Tuesdays and Fridays. I missed you guys. I had fun last week working and uh, I was very, very protected. Uh, a lot of COVID caution. So um, we'll see you on Friday. <laughs>